This is the Champagne and Socks podcast. I'm Elisa. Happy New Year. Happy 2017 to my lovely and loyal listeners who have hung on and waited for me to come back. Thank you to those of you who have said to me, Elisa, come back. I'm waiting for your next episode. It's, um, it's hard to record something where you don't have any direct feedback from anybody or to find out if you're even hitting a mark or finding any resonance with anybody else or, if, you know, anybody else cares. Last year was really super hard for me. Oh, really? I had another baby. That was hard. I know you're shocked. I'm quite shocked too. No, I'm genuinely actually quite shocked. And even now, like it's 9.20 p.m. on a Saturday night and I'm finally sitting down to record. I've been trying to record for about a week and I've got this tiny, tiny window right now because the kids are finally down. My husband is out and he's going to be back from a gaming tournament or something and he said 9.30 so I've literally got like 10 minutes and I've got my dinner cooking on the stove. 9.20, I'm cooking dinner. It's quite sad but there you go. So time is hard. 2017 I kind of want to be more efficient and work smarter instead of harder. I think I really tend to do the hard way of all things to get to the same place as everybody else. This year, I just want to focus on consistency and consistency across everything. My intent for this podcast was always to be twice weekly, and I never really got to that schedule. So let's be honest, I'm not going to get to that schedule. So I'm going to aim to do this weekly, and whatever happens, happens. I'm also looking at my crafts and trying to be a bit more consistent. The other word that resonates to me for consistency is behaviors, and I think I'm really bad about developing habits of behavior so that you can work smarter. So like for crafting, I'll just remake templates over and over again because, you know, why have a filing system where you could just go and find things uh, as soon as you need them? Or I'll start new projects before finishing old ones. That's a big one for me. That's a huge, huge one. And I'm about to talk to you a little bit about my plans for 2017 and you'll be like, hmm, Elisa, but those are new projects that you're starting. But there you go. I kind of want to backtrack a bit because I haven't been crafting very much. What I have been doing is gardening and that's just kind of ended up accidentally being this kind of turning point for me in both finding my way back to gardening and then crafting and then also coming about with this idea of consistency which I really am taking on board for 2017 and I just already keep bringing myself back. Is this consistent? Do you need to finish a whole project right now or is progress enough? Is the fact that you're further ahead than you were yesterday enough? And surely it is. And if every day you work on progressing, you will eventually get there as opposed to, you know, my general panic stations to get things done, which just doesn't work when you have so many moving parts like I do now. Okay, so what happened? I had a baby. <laughs> In about May, I fell into the jamboree well of happiness. If you haven't heard of jamboree, it's basically a vinyl nail sticker. They come in about 300 different designs and I signed up as a consultant. And in a way, that whole thing became a craft for me. I, it became completely all-encompassing and I was completely immersed, learning everything about the business, learning everything how to sell, and of course doing nail art, which is not me. I'm not remotely into nails at all before this. And I think in a way, all the different designs and the way that you can combine two, two or three different designs into one manicure, I think in a way that was kind of 
like my fabric crafting, like quilting, like piecing, I think that kind of fulfilled a little bit of colour play and stuff for me, uh, especially when I didn't really have that much time and I really didn't have the headspace for crafting. And I guess when I get pregnant, I get really terrible carpal tunnel and it takes me, I don't know, 18 months after being pregnant for it to go away. I still have it. I still have days where I have very bad dexterity and I still have days on end where I can't craft. So that's been kind of sad. I feel kind of at a loss to be unable to craft and I feel really untethered because I'm not crafting every day. It just feels... It feels weird and it feels weird that I don't really have a pull to craft. That's been really weird and I guess in a way it's the equivalent of a writer's block that I've had and I haven't really known what to do about it. Somewhere at the end of or close to spring maybe last year, I bought a whole bunch of Lillian bulbs on sale. So they're really expensive, I guess, normally. But Tessalia, which is one of the bulb companies here in Australia that I really love, had a sale and I and I bought some because it's my favorite flower and I was like hey I could plant these and, and then I would have my favorite flower so I bought a whole bunch of those and took reasonably good care of them and and watered them and stuff and what I found was my toddler was reasonably interested as she follows me everywhere and wants to see what I'm doing anyway so she would follow me out to have a look and so we would water them as soon as the tiny green stalks began to appear, I would point them out and we would go out every day and look and see if we had more and look and see if they'd grown and stuff. And I realized that this is going to be a really great activity for her to learn about flowers and plants and growing and about nurturing things. And the other really great thing is that she gets antsy at about dinner time or just before. And so being able to take her outside, my husband cooks, so being able to take her outside and water and she gets a little watering can and she waters as well. And it's just a way of just short circuiting cycles of bad behavior at about 5 p.m. And we go outside, we have a wander around, we water, we, we take up some time and we all chill out. And so that ended up being a really automatic thing that I was doing at the end of every day and a really good, okay, it must be time, let's go for a wander, let's everybody take a break. It meant that my plants were really well cared for. So I started to think, well, you know, I don't actually know how to survive. When I was in hospital while I was pregnant with my baby that I just had and I had this sort of, I had an epiphany kind of moment where it was like, I can't die. Um, my toddler is standing here and looking at me and the last, I cannot leave her without a mother. That's not a thing that I can do. And I will do anything to make sure that that's not her growing up, that her experience isn't without a mother. And so I realized in that moment, I mean, obviously when you're in medical distress, you can only do what you can do. And most of that is just lying there and hoping that you're going to get good care. But it kind of changed things for me in, the, in my perspective of like what I want in life and what I do in life has to be in consideration of making sure that she gets everything that she needs, including you know, a robust and healthy mother. And so now I just have this idea that I have to survive. So I don't really know how to grow my own food. <laughs> if I need to survive, if there was an apocalypse, I don't actually know how to grow my own food. So I started growing my own food. I 
was given a whole bunch of seeds when we got engaged from my friend Catherine and I had put them in a drawer and I was like well I have seeds let's begin and so I began and so I started planting seeds outside I started growing seedlings inside for things that needed to be in seedlings first and I'm just kind of took off because I was just planting everything we got engaged quite a while ago so a lot of the seeds are quite old so I just started planting everything to see what would happen. And again, five o'clock comes around and we go outside, we water, we see what's happening, da, da, da. That's all we were doing, like 10 to 15 minutes a day, but we were doing it every single day. As seedlings were getting big enough to be planted in the ground, we were doing that and then doing more seedlings. And it kind of just all took off. And six or eight weeks later, I had a pretty big veggie garden. Things are now just starting to fruit. So we've started... We've eaten some of our strawberries that we've had. Well, my toddler loves tomatoes, so she's taken the first cherry tomatoes uh, and my chilies are great as well. But I've just seen my cucumbers are just starting to come in and eggplants are just starting to grow. And I bought uh, a lemon and a lime tree and I've bought blueberry trees and I have watermelons in there and pumpkins and I have lettuce. I thought I had zucchini, but it looks like those are all cucumbers. So I need to have a lot more closely. But that's just kind of like the beginning. I also am fiddling around with when you take the bottom roots of spring onions and you plant those and you get new spring onions, which you do. And then I'm also doing that with garlics, taking a clove of garlic and planting that. And I've got my first garlic as well. I want to learn how to collect seeds and take them from collecting seeds into growing veggies and, and just kind of like learning and seeing how that all works. So that's been really cool. From there, I just kind of like turned around one day and realized what I had done just by consistently doing a very small thing every single day. I used to find it really hard to water plants every single day. And I probably still find it quite hard when it's not really nice hot weather. I'm in the garden in the hottest part of the year, basically. I realized that small tasks repeated every single day consistently bring about great things. Not a new idea. Not a new idea to me. But being able to see that in action made me realize I need to apply that to everything that I do. And I need to make the things that I do easier, so more systematic, so that those things are easy to do when you do them every time and then, oops, I built a house. So I have a massive veggie garden. I discovered that liliums very easily spread themselves everywhere because they drop these tiny bulbils, I think they're called. And they drop them wherever they are, but you can collect them on the plant before they drop. And so now I've got a whole bunch of seedlings growing of liliums. So for next year, I think you plant them and then you don't get flowers the next year, but you get them the year after. So that's this little long-term project that I'm working on as well. I just kind of retook more interest back in my garden as a whole. So back to the native garden, it kind of, some things took off. Lots of things died. I planted them at the hottest time of the year, so that's not unexpected. But I've started again going, oh, my God, this is such a big project. But small things every day is progress. And you turn around after two weeks or a month and look where you are. At the moment, what I'm doing is just adding soil improver to all my plants that are there. And I've done I've probably done about half my garden now. And that's probably taken me about two weeks. I'm not doing it in the most economical way, but I'm doing it in bite-sized pieces and I can quit any time without having outlaid a massive amount of money. And then I want to mulch everything. And I'm slowly moving some garden paths around as well because I didn't like what they were. But it's made me realize how much of my garden 
I wasn't enjoying because it's so dry and the albedo is still not fixed because you have to remulch. So I'm remulching and then enjoying the bits where I've done that. At first I got kind of depressed about it because it's such a big garden and it's going to take so long and it's such a big task and I wanted it done now. I just wanted the whole thing mulched and then I can enjoy this lush looking beautiful vista, you know. And it, and then I had to bring myself back to consistently small tasks over time will bring you the result. And it's all about the act of gardening in a way rather than just enjoying your garden. They're the two things, but you have to do the one to get the other. That's kind of where I'm at with my garden. And I'm back to enjoying it again. And I'll have to see how we go once the wetter months come. It's really, we have kind of a really harsh area because we're right near the sea. And so we get a lot of high winds. And I might have to invest in some extra barriers, which I've, I've had a look at Bunnings, but I haven't actually done anything about. So we might do that later in the year, just so that we use the space more. Once my baby is sort of old enough to be toddling around the garden, I would like there to have been a lawn. My lawn died. I did follow all the instructions, but it never took. So I'll have to have a look at that later as well. I've posted pictures of my garden updates on my Facebook page, but I will probably also add them to my Instagram so that if you want to have a look at how far it's come, even though I'm complaining, it has come quite a long way, you will be able to find them there. As for crafting, I haven't really done very much. I'm very behind in my quilt block swap. I have two blocks sitting there for two different packets to be done and I've done I think 75% of one but I've had them for ages so at least that's some crafting. I finished one tea cozy recently and all I have to do is sew all the pieces together and it's done. It's taking me forever to actually just commit to sewing all the pieces together and again that's a perfection thing so this year I need to finish a bunch of knitting projects that I'm committed to I'd also kind of like to have some fantastic tea cozies myself and I'm very excited to say that I've been accepted into a workshop by Loni Pryor and she does those crazy tea cozies they're the ones that I'm making right now so I'm super excited about that that's in February I think and it's going to be at a private house. You rock up the Friday and the Saturday and you sit and do like, I think it's like eight places or something. So that's going to be super, super exciting. I can't wait. I've never done a knitting workshop before. I have never done any kind of craft workshop before. I am so not that kind of person. I don't rock up to stuff where I don't know anybody. I would never go to this by myself. So I guess I was never fangirlish enough about anybody <laughs> before. And I'm a reasonably advanced knitter, so I don't really need help learning how to knit. But I don't know how to do magic loop and that's going to be one of the things that we learn. I do know how to read knitting. I do know how to do the maths of increasing and decreasing, which are other things that are going to be offered in that class. But I don't know how to do fair isle knitting and I think that's going to be in there. So that's pretty cool. I think I'll still learn a few things so I can justify the otherwise fangirling sitting around and knitting. So that's my knitting. Quilting, I have bigger eyes than my stomach. And I have so many projects that I want to do and I'm actually on a fabric diet. I am now banned from buying any more fabric until I a finish quilts that I have completed the quilt tops for. And I will tell you that there are at least two and almost a third one done. I have actually almost finished that big Ginny Buyer solstice quilt. I have one frame to do of the border and it's done. Uh, and then I have to quilt or figure out what I'm going to do for quilting. But those are three quilts that basically I've done 
the tops of and I'm not even enjoying the quilts. And then I have so many other fabric bundles that I've bought for projects or ideas that I want to do that I really need to either do them or figure out how to display fabrics and say I'm a fabric collector because I don't think I can continue in the way that I have been. But I'm excited to be doing some of these projects and I feel like I need to give myself permission to do much simpler projects just so that I complete them. If I've bought the fabric to enjoy the fabric, then I think it should just be about piecing the fabrics in a way that you can then enjoy them rather than doing something complicated like the solstice quilt, which is always my tendency to go and do something way over the top and take nine years to finish the project instead of enjoying the project. But I was reading this December. I always buy the better homes and gardens and all those kind of magazines and imagine, you know, what I would do if I basically lived a life where I had a perfect house and I entertained all the time, which I never will be either of those things. But I read like the perfect host who has the perfect, you know, outside area for entertaining will always like leave around some blankets or quilts or something uh, for their guests to enjoy once it starts to get a bit cooler as the evening sets in. And I was like, hey, that totally justifies the need to have 10 more quilts, right? Because if you have friends over and you need to throw out some quilts, that justifies however many quilts I thought a sane person should own, which was like four, and that's already like less than I have. That excited me and also the idea that not every quilt you make has to be a double size or a queen size bed quilt because they don't. Even when I'm, oh, I'm going to do this as a wall hanging, they still always get way out of control and I need to just be, hey, this is totally fine to be a lap quilt or a wall hanging and we're done. This year, my intent is to not accumulate any more fabric and to actually complete projects for fabric that I have stashed. I think my very first thing that I'm going to do is make myself some coasters because I've got some really stunning charm squares that I've bought that aren't really the right size to then use for any any project because I've tried to use them in my quilt block swaps because they're such nice fabrics and I'm like well I want to use them I want to play with them you know so I'll give them to a friend who will also enjoy them in a quilt but I just can't really make them work and I was thinking well coaster size is really great because you don't need very much and then you get to enjoy that fabric all the time and now that I work a lot at my glass table that's already a requirement for coasters and you know I admit that quilted coasters might be leaning towards the crazy quilt jacket lady stereotype but I maintain that this is totally a good idea and the other thing that I'm kind of excited about is so I said I was on a fabric diet right Ginny Byers got her new block of the month project coming out. And I was, I'd already decided, no, I can't do it because I bought the kit for last year, which was Cosmos, I believe. I bought the red and the cream version because that looked completely different to the solstice quilt that I'd already made. And I had every intention of doing that block a month. And then I think my hands just were no good, so it didn't happen. So I was, well, you didn't do last year's, you can't do this year's, right? That should be a fair rule. And maybe I'll just do last year's, a block a month this year, and then I'll be done. And then my mum was like, hey, have you seen this? I'm really tempted by this. Uh, my mum doesn't like to follow instructions, so she's not actually going to do it. But this year, Bayer is doing a mystery quilt. So you get the instructions for each block or segment of the quilt, I think, each month, but you don't know what you're making. Well, that's intriguing. I like a good mystery novel. I probably like a good mystery quilt. 
I've never really done the mystery knit-alongs because it always takes too long to get the yarn and then by the time you get the yarn you already see what the project is so you know then you're just knitting a pattern. I was tempted but again remember fabric dye. My mum was like well this would make a perfectly good birthday gift would it not? Like, well I think you're correct. So I'm getting that for my birthday. So now my intention is to do both those quilts this year. Yeah I probably am running out of time that I've already set aside but you know a girl can dream. A girl can dream. Would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you're doing, even if your crafting is cake decorating or something that I don't even talk about. I'd, I'd love to share it. Drop me a line. Send me an email. Drop by on my Twitter or my Facebook. Say hi. So that's me. That's longer than my usual attempt to be five to seven minutes. And I will be back in a week's time. Yes, I will, because I'm going to be consistent. You've been listening to the Champagne and Socks podcast, a weekly podcast of all things craft. You can now subscribe via iTunes, leave a review if you like, join the craft circle and tell us what you're working on this week. Email me at champagneandsocks at gmail.com or find me on Twitter as Champagne Socks. I'm over on Ravelry as Girly Jones. Also find the Ravelry group, Champagne and Socks. Finally, photos and links for this episode can be found in the show notes at champagneandsocks.com. Speak to you later.